0: Josh Alvarez, and you are listening to episode 56 of CinePunks.
1: Cinepunks. So this is, uh, it's
0: October 2nd t- today.
1: So yeah, typically October
0: is. is like a big month for us, wouldn't you say? It's true. So uh, how do you feel about this October? This October is a big month again.
1: I like that we're just jumping in like this. This is this is yeah, exciting.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like, exciting. you know, let's forego announcements and formality. Let's just go for what makes us us, which is me <laughs> talking to Liam and us drinking coffee.
1: I am drinking coffee. Let me go ahead and apologize for that lip smack. That was probably <laughs> awful. Hopefully, someone else will edit this episode. Um,
0: and I, also, the the coffee's from amalgam.
1: Yeah, let's. I, I know we're you just said to forego this, but I'm doing it anyway because I think we should get in the habit of doing it.
0: All right. A. We're always in the habit of doing this, though. Oh yeah, that's. True. Don't you think we do it every single episode? Which I'm fine with, you know, because we have to pay our dues.
1: Well, but the thing is, is uh, we want eventually for people to pay us to do to do. Um, advertising yeah so let's start off with some formality so they don't (laughs) well maybe maybe in another three years (laughs) (laughs) basically if everyone listening to this right everyone who just based on regular downloads if everyone who listened to this got 10 friends to listen to it as well every single one of you who downloaded let's because all download numbers right if every single one of you got 10 friends to download we could easily get advertising money
0: that would be so great and
1: let's be clear: we're not looking to quit our jobs. No, that, no, no no no, pay... no, 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 sir! No,
0: no. I want a Corvette with the Cinepunks logo <laughs> on the back windshield. This will. This will vinyl decal.
1: This will. Tra- this will transition actually, but um, <laughs> I want to pay writers. So we'll actually let, we'll come back to the, you're right. We'll come back to the advertising. Let's start off with it's October second. October yeah. has begun. Now for us, we tend to treat October, the entire month of October,
0: Sawane. as Halloween. Yeah,
1: is that really how you pronounce Sam Haines? That's Saul what. It's, or... That's
0: how it is in uh, Halloween Two, which I just watched. Again. Oh, yeah. Oh. I still have yet to see Halloween Three, though. So, you know. Shut the. But fuck uh, up. I want to give a shout have you out. Really, never seen. Yeah, Halloween I've never III. seen Halloween Three, and I want to give a shout out to my man Eric Garal, my man in Jersey City, who um has been helping me watch a bunch of movies.
1: You just said we're not doing shout-outs and and. Yeah, things.
0: but Eric is. I mean, without him, I'll never see Halloween Three. I fucking hate because I haven't yet. And you need, lo and you behold, do, you here, do, here, here you, I am.
1: It's usually on Netflix, though. It's not now. Oh, Okay, that's the only. When reason. you watch it, can you can you do two cents? This will be a shout out to Synapse. Yeah, the second week of October, I believe the Two Cents movie is Halloween. It's Halloween
0: three. 3. Yeah. All right, Austin, I'm, I'm coming two, your way, buddy. of words, man. a show I got you, bro. It's easy. Don't even worry about it.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's let's go back. So, um, at as you guys know, I just posted something about this, but um, we are doing. A Sinaween. Uh, so you know, we It's funny had that some... we
0: racked our brains for crazy amounts of time to figure out Here, what,
1: our, <laughs> what here's, our... Here's the thing. We wanted to do something dramatic. So we had a lot of dramatic names. And when Josh gets dramatic, he gets long. Like, yeah, like he definitely I, I, gets... I get verbose. He's definitely from the school of like, what is that efrafa band that you like?
0: Fall of efrafa
1: and I feel like every time they get dramatic, it's, like, longer
0: and longer. It's, yeah. Godspeed,
1: You Black Emperor. just the same thing. It, it's, like, let's name this a full
0: paragraph. Yeah. So as we, Or even bands like And You All Know Us by The Trail of Dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: as Josh was coming up with Halloween-related names, they right. kept getting longer and longer. And I'm like, I need something <laughs> to put, <laughs> put in front of everyone's title. My so original like,
0: name that I wanted to name the column was Danzig's my father's name. Please call me Glenn. <laughs>
1: It's not. <laughs> it's not even a column. If it was, <laughs> if it was, a, if,
0: so it was if it was just a column, like
1: let's say you had your own column, yeah, which you do. You're you're gonna, uh, I'm assume, get done this column that you
0: want. Yeah. What's the name of the column? Again? It was. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm gonna have time. You got to do it. You got to do it. You've already committed. I've committed, but it, th- I don't have time. Like here's the thing, It's called, Videoris Malefectum omnia." A month of monstrosities, and my plan was to post an uh, article every day, which already we're on, 2 We're on October 2.
1: Wait a minute. You were going to publish something, oh, every day? Yeah, that was my plan. Why but, don't you do like like I did with Journal of Fear and combine a bunch of them into one
0: post that well, covers a week? It takes a lot. Oh, well, we could do that. But um, it, it takes, like, I'm not one of those dudes that can just sit down and write a couple paragraphs and have that be that. Like you said, with my naming issues, I'm very verbose, and that's just how I am, right? That's how I'm wired. So the one thing that I wrote took me like a day, <laughs> and it's, it's not that long, though. It's yeah, but it's succinct. dope, right? It's good. Yeah, you know but how much it, I cut out of that thing? You just got. Here's the thing:
1: I will get your first post up for you. I will post. I will put pictures in it, I, and I'll I, get it up.
0: I was there. I got right on the. Melanie helped me. My uh, superior in all ways,
1: wife. But I'm saying, if I get this one up for, if I get this one up <laughs> for you, then you can start working on the next
0: one right immediately. Right,
1: because I want you to get this thing off the ground.
0: I, I do want to do it. I do want to do it.
1: All this was to say. We had come up with some very long. I, I had some succinct, traumatic names. You had some. At one point, ones. I was. What what's was it? Spoopy.
0: You kept on going on about spoopy ween or something if crazy. If you
1: If you know about the internet, then you know. I've heard of it. <laughs> What is spoopy? Go to knowyourmeme.com No, look up spoopy and creppy did spoopy you... and
0: creppy? Oh, man. Is this like Oogle? Is this like one of those things? No. Oogle
1: is Oogle's, uh, uh, more of a punk and awkward thing. The spoopy thing is basically someone posted something that it was some of the cheaper Halloween decorations they sell at drugstores and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had misspelled spooky. Oh. Spoopy. And then this whole wave of dumb shit on the internet started where everything was spoopy and everything was S- creppy. Spoopy wow. C-R-E-P-P-Y instead of creepy, you know? Uh, ah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so crappy, you know? So, so, it's just an internet thing. I thought I was only using it as a placeholder, <laughs> but I didn't realize how many people associated with Cinepunks are what you would call internet illiterate. And yeah. didn't understand what spoopy was, which is a joke from 2013. Wow. This is like a three-year-old joke. It's staying
0: power is unprecedented.
1: Well, apparently not. Apparently no not. One knows yeah, because I have no idea what the fuck Let's you're talking about. Let's get back to what I was saying. Right. I had come up with titles like uh, Autumnal Unease.
0: Yeah, that was good. That was uh, good.
1: What was the other one? They were Basically, they were all dramatic.
0: Yeah, and mine was all Misfits lyrics, like Brown leafed Vertigo.
1: Yeah, mm. I realize I'm also, it, it's weird because I'm not even a Misfits fan like you are. Yeah. And yet a lot of my ideas were influenced by the Misfits. I guess I just associate them with Halloween. Yeah. But that's not great because not everyone likes the Misfits. You, you know, our boy Mikey Smack hates the Misfits.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, Wait, hold what, on. Mikey Smack hates something. I know. Right. Go on. But
1: his critique was something along the lines of like um,
0: that it cor- doesn't sound cor- like
1: corny power, corny pop punk that glorifies rape. Uh, and I said, uh, you ain't wrong. Yeah. No. That's not.
0: It's not incorrect.
1: <laughs> 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 so. So, anyways, uh, let's get back to the thing. I, w- neither one of us could kill it. Neither one of us had the killer yeah, idea.
0: Neither one so, of us had the time of the collars up that Liam came up with, which was. Brilliant. So we, if I may say so we really running really, on stream another Liam O'Donnell original.
1: So we really wanted to kill it, so we put it out to the staff and our man uh wasn't it uh Andrew Wellbrock? Yeah. Just was like, Sinoen. <laughs> and I was like at first I wanted to be like, yo, get fucked. Fuck you. But then I thought about it, I'm like, it's kinda perfect because the point of it for me was actually I realized not to be dramatic because the idea is that we are celebrating October, we're celebrating Halloween, but we're not doing a deep dive just into
0: horror. It's but, all things seasonal.
1: Yeah, and the season is also funny. Like it's like in the piece I posted, there's some pictures of the stuff, there's some more dramatic pictures, but there's also the like my neighbor Tortoro and Halloween Yeah, outfit. dude, that my
0: neighbor Tortoro and Halloween outfit is awesome.
1: I know, but it's I think that's part of this it, it, it matters to me that the season in which we remember all things deadly and creepy also has a flavor of fun to it. And yeah, a lot it's of people, the candy edge. A lot of people have written about that in a negative way, but I think it's a positive thing, and I think we should be thinking about that. I think there's a lot more to Halloween than we give credit, and I think there's a lot more to horror than we give credit, and it's worth thinking about the layers of that. So that's right. basically all I think. And that's fair. That's fair.
0: I mean, I hate the fact that people discount things like horror movies. Sure. They're like, oh, yeah, no, it's just a horror movie, whatever. It's dumb. And it's like, yeah, you know what? If being scared and having fun is dumb and motherfucker I'm dumb and I think
1: for me (laughs) I think uh, and I wrote if you guys check it out I wrote a brief intro thing it's not brief it's overly long but I wrote an intro thing and I think it kind of gets at my fascination with this but I think back to what we were saying before um, the reason I said there was a transition is that we invited a lot of people to be a part of this thing and so yeah. i think that's the point that's the thing is like we each you know josh is trying to do his column i used to have a,
0: a journal of fear
1: yeah the halloween column and, and it was what it was and i'll still be writing about horror movies i just don't want to force myself to have to write about <laughs> something every day the way that josh is trying to do but the point is is that i realized if we invited people to participate we could have the same celebration. Uh, without it being all on us to just produce all this stuff, and so yeah. we've had a lot of people who are going to be a part of it, and a lot of people uh, we'll have posts up soon from. Yeah, a weird, awesome variety of people. An
0: awesome people. variety of people that are in our lives, that are uh, supporters of Cinepunks, and uh, who we really, met...
1: we really are part of. So, you know, like yeah. like Nick Nick Spachek. We've never even met this dude. Yeah, I
0: don't no know idea. Where... I, he could be in a room with us, and we wouldn't know.
1: Yeah, he could pr- actually be a woman.
0: Would <laughs> wouldn't know. He, he could be a conglomeration well, well, of. He, we kids. wouldn't know because we don't subscribe to traditional gender binary, but, you know.
1: That's also true. But uh, <laughs> he, he could be a la BoJack Horseman, a bunch of kids in a... In a, in a, in a jacket? In a jacket. <laughs> Doing adult things? <laughs> Doing adult things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like biz- business things.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, no, we don't know. But, I mean, also we have, like, good-ass friends. True. No. That are thrown yeah. down on our behalf, and that makes me feel... Like, we mentioned Andrew. Andrew plays bass in The Cross Keys with me. Yeah. And he is uh, he is my legal counsel as well as one of yeah. my very good friends at this point. And yeah. I feel happy that we have a thing that he can contribute to that is like not just music. That. But I know. think
1: that's also the story. I mean, CinePunks is the best example of the reality. We're both old dudes who tend to value what we've come to call real-life interactions over the Internet. Right. But the reality is we have friends because of the Internet. Like, Doug Tilley... He made our website. I record yeah. with him every two weeks. I tell him about my life. He tells me about his life. I don't really know what he even looks like. Like, I do because I've seen like, posts Pictures on Instagram. Pictures on Facebook. But I haven't, like, interacted with him. And that's the reality we live in, that there are people who love us, yeah. who support us. And, and whom some... we love, conversely. Yeah, and some of you are listening right now, like, you are a part of this thing, even though we can't go meet at Grankor House, which right, is like right, sort of right, right. the other reality is like a bunch of people connected to Cinepunks. Maybe they don't write anything, but they're people who we see in Philly or we see we in see regularly Easton at the very who least. like yeah. say whatever. Uh-huh. We have it's more true. Philly fans than Easton fans, but I just want to give respect because without Justin <laughs> Lore, you know, we wouldn't have yeah. our business. So
0: It's true, it's true.
1: So let's back up and, and say, we're, we right now are drinking coffee from Amalgam. Yeah. And we haven't talked about Amalgam in a while because we, basically Amalgam was cool and uh, but it wasn't yet popular yeah and now it's popular yeah so yeah, yeah so claiming it's hard space for us to record there yeah but that doesn't make them any less cool they still sell our t-shirts there they, they do. still have them mm-hmm. they're flying and,
0: off the shelves so if you need one you better get there soon. yeah
1: and they're they're not writing us a check but i still think of them emotionally and spiritually as a sponsor so we should just mention yeah that um, they're that awesome cool yeah, the yeah coffee's yeah, yeah. good so of course if they do write a check we'll mention them every episode every twice single episode
0: every single episode I'm Malcolm comic books and coffee. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) But I I do want to say right up front, um, uh, there's a guy named Jamie Burchardt. I hope I'm saying your last name right. Again, never met him in real life. Only know him over the internet. And he offered over a year ago to help with CinePunks. And at the time, we were small enough that I had things under control and it wasn't like I didn't want help, but I didn't know. You know, sometimes with a project... You just don't
0: know what kind of help you need you with, don't, at that stage.
1: Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Well, we're at the point now that when this, when this dude was like, oh, I saw that you needed help, my offer still stands. I was straight up like... Motherfucker, I forgot that you said that. <laughs> and, like, I'd done been needing help. And I'd, if I had known, you would have got an email a long-ass time ago. So my man, the most recent episode of Harvest is he edited it. I just sent him – I put it through a, a leveler, which I don't even think I'm going to do anymore because I think he can handle it. But I sent him just the MP3 of Harvest is just like, hey, man, here's some stuff. Figure it out. Thanks. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was a little longer than if I did it myself. But that's just because he's got his own stuff going on. And mm-hmm. it was – what he sent back, not only was it good – I think it's better than what I could do myself. So, Jamie, if wow. you're listening, I'm hoping you're listening to this, uh, that you're also a fan of the show. Good work. you know. Awesome. Good thank looking you, out. Thank you for being a part of that. So I wanted to open up thanking him and, you know, thanking uh, my man John Foster from South Philly Comics.
0: He's been, he's been writing, writing for, for our Our comics roundup.
1: Yeah. And this month he's going to do a post every day. Uh, one went up today, but I forgot to put it on um, the Internet. But uh, he's going to do a post every day about a different horror comics cover. It's short. That's awesome. But it's like a fun walk through the history of horror comics. So, yeah, so
0: he's going through like Vault of Horror, like all the EC comics oh, yeah, and totally. all that stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. Man, that's like my favorite shit. Did you read that stuff growing up?
1: I have read some of it, but no. I mean, my experience with some of those older comics is stuff that my um, stepdad George had. Yeah. So he mostly had old heavy metals and, uh, and
0: Conan. And right. I've read all these The Franz yeah.
1: The big one, too. Yeah. Man. You can't put it in the... Yeah, I haven't actually packed those away because I haven't bought awesome. the big comic bags yet, but...
0: That's so great. Yeah, I, I used to love, um, like in uh, maybe the late, in the early 90s, they repressed all of those EC comics like The Vault of Horror sure. and Tales from the Crypt sure. and all those things, all the Bill Gaines ones, and I I love them. I, I, I used to love them so much. Like, they were my favorite books. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool that he's doing that for us.
1: There's more probably things we could – people we can thank and whatever. I do want to say I realized I finished that whole thing. We still have some slots, so if you want to write something for us for for, for the October, month of October. What and, we're
0: trying to do is have a different person write for us a day. Yeah, I mean some day. people
1: are doing different things. Um like or some people are writing multiple times, but they're not writing in a row and we spread them out and we just want to have something come out every day. Um again, hopefully we'll also have some stuff that we write. Yeah. Um Josh is trying to write. I have a list of movies I want to write about this month. But uh, you know, it's it was really more like let's get a bunch of other people in here. So yes, we are putting out content every day for you, the audience to enjoy, <laughs> for you, the reader to read, the reader to read. But <laughs> but it's not just our voices. I mean, we already dominate this thing with our show. But just it,
0: having other voices, other perspectives. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the so people that we if love. If you're hearing and that this and you're us,
1: like, oh hey, I I have something I want to write about. That would be great. That'd be great. We Ob, write
0: something for us, Ob, please. I don't
1: know why OB per se. OB but... is awesome, and that's why. That's all you need to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: okay. Are we going to do Whacking on Track? Just It may seem a little loose today. Me, I like that. I like it. Me and Josh basically were like, hey, we don't have a big topic this time. Let's just get together, hang out, record. And just talk shit like we do. And get something out. We promised you guys two episodes a month. Honestly, we have not. It's been difficult. We have not been able For to do sure. that. And so... We were just like, we have a free Sunday we're gonna record. So yeah. here we are. It's not but, even a free Sunday. We're all busy. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. But it's good. Do you want to do though? Yeah, let's do whackin' on track. All right. So now it's time for our patented feature. Whackin' on, on track. track. Boom.
0: Ba-doom. So good. So good. So <laughs> what's been going on with you, Liam? What's what's been on track lately and what's been whack?
1: That's a good that's a good question.
0: You know I'm ready. You want to hear what I got? Yeah, let's do you. So first. okay, on track. Morrissey Tower Theater last week played Jack the Ripper, which I don't know if you know, dear listeners, I'm a huge Morrissey fan. We're sitting in a room with two, three Morrissey posters. When I came over,
1: you were watching a compilation of Morrissey. Of with Smith's of videos. yeah. music videos. It's
0: just what it is, man. I, I'm past the point of apologizing for it anymore. It's just what it is. It's, if,
1: you, if anyone listens to Hard Business, they know that... Uh, Laura's a Mor- rabbit. Morrissey playing Jack the Ripper almost ruined our episode because he skipped the show for us to record. Oh yeah. And then he saw it right before I hit record, he saw the post about Jack the Ripper and he was like Mah.
0: Dude, I've seen this for me and my wife collectively, this is our eleventh time seeing Morrissey and he has never played Jack the Ripper in all the times I've seen him. And then
1: it's funny because I heard that otherwise the play the the set list was not that great.
0: Well, he had a couple uh, jams from World is None of uh, none of Your Business, which is the latest record okay. that got pulled famously from Spotify and all streaming services. So, like, nobody knows the songs unless you bought the uh, CD. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And sure. then, like, you know, given that the songs aren't as good as the previous, like, Morrissey records. Okay. So, you know, but still, fucking Jack the Ripper. That's my chest rocker. I got the chorus from that song tattooed on my chest, you know what I mean? I like, appreciate that.
1: And appreciate I've never,
0: that. He- never heard him sing it live. And we were there, and they opened with it, and I'm going to admit that I just started crying. Did you really? Yeah. And I looked over and Melani was crying too. And I was like, this is the greatest moment. And we went with Troy. And um, Troy Troy Souders from Chinatown Eddies, who is uh, one of my dear friends and also my tattooer at this point. He's the only person that tattoos me. So we were there at the show and it was just super duper fun. Troy is also
1: uh emotionally committed to tattooing me. Yes. So we have not yet made this happen.
0: But we already we have the plan and, and that's gonna be a Cinepunks episode. So we'll get to that later. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so dope. So Morrissey at Tower Theater. Typically I hate the Tower Theater too. The chairs Tell tell me about that. Why do you hate the Tower? Because the chairs are, are like small and it just they, they don't let you stand in the aisle or anything, which is fine. But, like, they had different chairs in there, and it was okay. Like, we had a good-ass time. Like, we were comfortable. Did they renovate in there or something? I don't know what they did, but they got these different chairs. They used to have these chairs that were little, and, like, you know, I don't know if you know, um, Internet, but uh, I'm a chubby boy. So uh, sometimes, like, the little-ass chairs is bad for me. But uh, this one was a big chair. And it was comfy, so that was cool. Oh, I also want to give a shout-out to my girl, uh, Beth. Yeah, Beth Becker. was uh, Because originally, I I knew her from high school. The last time I saw her was on graduation day in 1995. Mm. And then I saw her at the Morrissey show. And it was pretty awesome because she's one of the first people that uh, gave me a tape with Morrissey stuff on it. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? And here we are 20 years later, and it's pretty awesome. So, Was she there? Yeah, she was at the show. It was pretty great. I mean, we wow. had discussed previously that we we're going to go because, like we're connected to the internet, of course, but then you know we had discussed that we're going to go see the show together, <laughs> and then we both got tickets, and we were there, and it was pretty wild. That's pretty cool, so that was great. Um, yeah, Morrissey was awesome. Then, after that, I saw Mary Bronx, Dead Heavens, and The Bronx. Are you down with these bands at all, or what?
1: So we've talked about this on the show before. Right. I do not have the love for either. Bronx or Mario El Bronx that you do. Now, to be fair, I'm largely unfamiliar with Mariachi El Bronx. I have a couple Bronx records and it always yeah. um I don't know what to make of the Bronx. For I don't know why I don't like it, is to put it mm-hmm. to put it. Like I don't know. It doesn't for whatever reason it's never connected to me. I don't know if it's too how would you describe describe for me the Bronx musically.
0: I have well it's it's basically poppy hardcore right yeah i guess that's
1: what i I, I guess it's the poppiness of it that rubs me the wrong i don't know what it is about the bronx that i don't love it because i feel like i should and i don't
0: i have this is what my feeling is and uh i realized it while watching the bronx play it's music for bad kids it's bad kid music for bad kids it's like the kind of music for kids that are like bad I, i don't even know how else to put that like i feel as though that's pretty appropriate they're they're the band for uh Do you ever have, um, when you're growing up, you have a friend that's like, yo, check it out. I found a gas can. Yes. Yes, actually. It's music for that. It's music for that type of people. You know, the Bronx, I think are, I mean, I think they're musically amazing. I think the singer Matt is like fucking, he has a great voice. Wasn't there
1: already music for that called Sheer Terror?
0: Yeah, Sheer Terror, but that was a generation above us. That's, okay, I'll, not, I'll, ac- I'll accept that. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, the kids that go to schools with with slingshots in their back pockets and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's sheer terror. But Bronx kids are the kids that went to school that were just, like, kind of the bad kids, you know? I don't know. I have a special place in my heart for bad kid music and bad kid shit. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that, that that band appeals to that for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Mariachi El Bronx are amazing live. And that's only, te- only I've only seen them twice now. The first time was when Sailor Jerry Rum did a promotion at Johnny Brenda's and it was the Bronx is Mariachi El Bronx and um Two Gallants. I don't know if you know that band, but they're pretty awesome too. No, I don't and, know that band. Ah, uh, they're great. They're like uh, they're kind of like on that they're they're first of all they're a two piece or a duo. And it's a drummer and a guitar player and they write weird, sad country songs. So um and they they get rambunctious at times too, but um they're really awesome. I think they're, they're I mean if you're if you're listening to, uh, if you're going to check them out on Spotify, I would suggest the record For Whom the Bell Tolls. I think they're just, uh, it's, it's really, they're great. They're just, or, or The Debtor, I think that's an, uh, the, I don't know. Just look up Two Galants on Spotify. All their records are great. But yeah, that's the only first, the first time I saw Mariacho Bronx was that night. And it was a promotion from Sailor Jerry Rum, so I was drunk and didn't get to the end of the set. wasn't possible. So um, this time I was sober as a judge, saw the whole Mariachi El Bronx set, well, most of it, and um, it was pretty great. And then Dead Heavens played. Do you know about Dead Heavens at all?
1: No. I, I was curious about that band. Uh, who is that? What is that? Dead band?
0: Heavens is Walter Schreifels from um, Quicksand. Oh, in right. yeah, Today. Yeah, How was that? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Walter is playing Stoner Rock with this Dead Heavens outfit, and it's him, and it was um, the drummer from Into Another. And sure, um, the sure. original guitar player from White Zombie and uh, a bass player who I don't know. So uh, but they're playing like uh, Sabbath inspired stoner jams, if you will. Um, and it was pretty good. It was weird. There was a moment like it was crazy because mariachi El Bronx went on and the place was super crowded. And then Dead heavens went on and the place cleared out. like there was hardly anyone, not hardly anyone there, but it definitely was not as packed as it was for uh, El Bronx. And um, so I was standing right in front, And the guitar player from White Zombie looks like Gandalf before he became Gandalf the White, like when he was Gandalf the Gray. Sure. And uh, so he he looked kind of like a, I don't know, he had a hat on, a floppy hat, long hair. And uh, he was playing. (laughs) Was it like a bucket hat? Uh, It was like a fedora. Oh, gross. You know, but uh, we locked eyes during the set for a good three to seven seconds, maybe. And it was a very intimate and uncomfortable. I was going to say was it <laughs> was it sexual? No, but I wasn't stoked. So, um, yeah, it was just like one of those weird like moments and then I was just like, "Don't look away. He'll steal your soul." Like I couldn't do it. But um, they ended their set with like a 30-minute jam, which I'm not into. Can't get down with a 30-minute just space jam showing off the pedals.
1: Well, yeah, most sets are 30 minutes. Yeah, dude.
0: It was like we were going for like 30 minutes and then that. So they played for like an hour, roughly. It's
1: kind of crazy. Yeah, it was fine. I don't know. Especially when that's not the band that you came to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's a three-band bill at the Foundry, which is in the Fillmore. That's pretty great. How is the Foundry? It's a good room. I haven't
1: even been in the Fillmore yet.
0: Oh, yeah. no, We've been in the Punchline, which is their comedy club, and now the Foundry. But I haven't actually done main stage Fillmore yet. So, um, it seems
1: like a lot of bands that play at the main stage have not been things I want to see, except for the occasional metal show.
0: Yeah, Bad Religion is coming up on Wednesday this week, but I will gross. not be here. Well, it's Bad Religion against me, but my friend yeah, Dave Hawes. Super, super gross. Dave Hawes, who is a friend of myself and of the podcast, he is opening. So I would go see Dave.
1: That seems cool. Oh, I'm yeah. surprised you don't have to go sell his t-shirts.
0: No, um, I'm going to be in New York City okay, at the New York Comic Con. From Wednesday oh, until Saturday, oh, you did Saturday, tell me this. Yes, which yes, yes. Uh, which I will we'll talk about that later in the show, but um, yeah, no, I actually went and saw Hawes in Reading also with uh, Frank Turner. Do you like Frank Turner at all? Or I have
1: listened to interviews with him and and read about him,
0: yeah, and never listened to his music. I don't know anything about him. The first record is called Love Iron Song. Mm-hmm. and that's really, really good. And then there's another... There are like two or three seven inches before that that are really fun. You what know? is he
1: say? I mean, he's a singer-songwriter guy, but he's somehow connected to punk, he right? He used to
0: sing for a band called Million Dead in England, and oh. it was like a hardcore band. Oh. And uh, it was like in the Rise Against vein. you know what I mean? Okay. Like that kind of like... St- that seems popular in England. Yeah, yeah. The kids out there like that really poppy stuff, it seems. so. Yeah. But then he... Uh, I guess he just picked up an acoustic guitar and then has been doing that for the past, you know, however many years. Now he's in a band called the Sleeping Souls. So it's like Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, yeah, they were fine. I have, uh, we watched them play. Yeah. And I had to come to the epiphany that I genuinely, half heartedly do not enjoy a bunch of people having fun. I just can't get into it. I don't know why. Isn't it's, the Bronx fun music? No, it's bad kid music. It's for bad things. But you it's know still what I mean? like, more
1: fun than like scary dark. It's not I'm scary. Gonna kill you music. dark. But
0: it's not like Frank Turner is smiling and jumping up and down with his acoustic guitar while like a bunch of dudes are drinking Bud Light and like. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. This was the show was at Redding at Reverb, mm. so that should oh you, you went out you... to the Reverb joint.
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, haven't yeah. been out there yet. Yeah, yeah. I know a... that's where they have the East Coast
0: tsunami. The ECT. What's up, John Wren with Bottom Feeder who played there last weekend? Oh but that's yeah. Sorry. We'll get to that. Sorry, we'll get to you. that. Sorry, I missed you. But um, yeah, Frank Turner was killing it, but I just couldn't get into it. I only know I only know that first record in the first couple seven inches. So like, I don't know the like five or six records that came after that. So I only knew of like a two hour set that he played. I knew like three songs. So most of the time I just spent hanging out with like homies and stuff like that. But I
1: mean, there's nothing wrong hanging out with homies, but yeah,
0: no, it was fine. Melani really likes Frank Turner. So, you know, basically cool. I was there for that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So what is it? Oh yeah. The Bronx, Mariachi El Bronx, Dead Heavens. um, And then I saw Billy Bragg with Joe Turner or yeah. Joe Henry. Yeah. How was that? That was unbelievable. Have you heard the new record?
1: No, I don't think I've listened to a Billy Bragg record in a while. Like, I feel like I only know.
0: How many records does he have? Like, a bajillion. He has a few. Right? I don't know about a bajillion, but he has a lot, you know? I feel but like um, I've
1: only heard, like, three Billy, Bagg, Billy Bragg
0: records. You've heard Back to Basics, I'm assuming. Of course. And you've heard. Uh, talking to the tax man about poetry. It's yep. like essential. Yep. And then after that, it's debatable as to what's essential and what isn't. I so,
1: don't, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, uh, uh,
0: don't Try This at Home. That one's really good. It's got oh, Cindy with A Thousand Lives" yeah. on it and it's moving the goalposts. I don't and, think I've heard that one, no. Oh, that one's really good. And then um, Worker's Playtime is essential because that workers, has... I
1: think I... I, think I I think I had I think I owned Workers Playtime on CD.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. I I
1: owned one on CD. I had a digital copies of a few. I think if I go home right now, I only have one on my iPod.
0: Right. Well, as long as it's how is the new one? Is it good? So, okay. so the new one is called Shine a Light Field Recordings from the Great American Railroad. And it's Billy Bragg and Joe Henry. Uh, Joe Henry is kind of an Americana. Like Uh, he most of his records are full band, but he was handling himself as a singer songwriter quite well. Uh, they are all folk songs that they recorded on um, a train journey that they took from, like, El Paso to L.A. So they rode a bunch of railroad trains, and then every place that they stopped, they put up shop and recorded a song. Hmm. And what we have is this collection of American folkways that are amazing. And it has, like, a bunch of songs on there, like uh, the Ellen and Don't Stop Here Anymore and um, Shine a Light on Me. And, or wait, was it The Midnight Special? And um, they have a Lead Belly song called uh, In the Pines, you know, and Woody Guthrie. Like, if, if you're a Billy Bragg fan long standing, then you know that he has this this Woody Guthrie American Dust Bowl sure. worker, migrant worker, singer thing. Like, he loves So that's cool. And this is basically a collection of that. Mm-hmm. Shows at Union Transfer, no opener, and seated show. Get in there. How is the seated aspect? They uh, brought out a bunch of folding chairs. Which but is was not, it, was not it the it chill? First time. Was it comfy? Yeah, it was chill. I mean, it's folding chairs, so not the most comfortable. I've but... only been to one seated
1: show. It Was the Henry Rollins show? Oh yeah,
0: we were there at that together.
1: But we were there literally together.
0: Not literally together, but we were both. You
1: late. went there because you had a seat. Yeah. I showed up. I show up, and uh, I showed up late. Oh, I so you had to stand out. for that? I hung out in the balcony. That's I just so went straight. Long. I went yeah. straight to the balcony, knowing <laughs> like I'm not trying to get a seat. I'm not gonna be able to see anything. Yeah. Up in the balcony, nobody was fucking up there. I had oh. a free, I was like, you know, like I wasn't in the corner balcony, but yeah. I was in the middle balcony. Basically, uh friend of the show, Jess McKay works oh, nice. at Unit Transfer, and so she was up there, so I talked to her for a while, and then once she had to go back to work, because
0: she just like, hung out,
1: I just was like, well, I'm already standing right here, I'll just stand here. Yeah. And it was good. Good show, right? It was right? like one of those weird nights where uh, it was after we moved because we had moved right so i think yeah, I yeah, watched yeah, yeah. him and then i had to get in the car and drive right back to easton yeah but i just i had done something else that day and i was like i guess i'll just stop by this henry rollins thing <laughs> and then so i was like good, oh though. henry rollins is great okay bye and then yeah. just got the car drove. which is like the weird thing like we live far enough away that if i'm home and we're watching like fucking luke cage or something yeah i'm not trying to drive down here sometimes but if i'm like in philly already for something and then there's something you need to transfer it's hard for me not to be like uh, I'll just go on by and say, yeah. I see what's up. You know, it's <laughs> pretty funny.
0: But yeah, they did stuff from their respective catalogs, but then they also did the stuff all together. Sure. Billy Bragg played um, "Accident did and Happen." He played yeah. um, uh, that. Uh, th- I forget what the name of it was. The Monday I wish that it was Tuesday night, so I could wish for the weekend to come. That song. Are you looking at me like I'm going to know the name of the song? I don't know why I did that. The, <laughs> the anyway, he played. He played like a few like the Billy Bragg. Oh, he played Power in the Union.
1: He oh, like, that song's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it was pretty awesome. And then, um, yeah, that was a perfect night. I'd Have you say. ever seen him
1: play the Diggers song? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, never I've seen him play. He that.
0: did that at Riot Fest the last time I saw him there, oh, and cool. it was pretty rad. He did, he did that. He did a picked song. Oh yeah, he did yeah, that, like, yeah. A bunch of like my favorites ah oh, so good that one's called uh the world turned upside down yeah that's right yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. so good
1: so good so this is all music stuff have you done any movie
0: things have you seen yeah good lately? i've like, seen a lot of movies lately i saw talk about it i watched the blair witch project sequel slash remake that uh, you hated yeah that i hated now here's the thing i never saw the original not only did that's i not true. see the original i don't care about the original i didn't care about the the advent of viral marketing i didn't give a shit about like you know, don't oh. try to play off like you're above it though. I'm not saying I'm above it. I just didn't get into Blair Witch Project because of it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't care. Literally had no clue. They're like, oh man, these people are missing. I'm like, yeah, Cannibal Holocaust did that shit. So you know, not really. worried It about is it.
1: true. A lot of people say that the Blair Witch Project did that first, but I would just say they did it. Better than Cannibal Holocaust. Like
0: Yeah, with the advent of technology, of yeah, course, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. it better than you know, some Italian dude being like, Hey, do not come in public. Hey. But like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I didn't see the Blair Witch project originally. I watched the remake at a screener sure. and I was sitting next to Dan Scully and I was sitting with um, our, our other friend Ben Ben Silverio, other friend writer, and um, I was there with uh, John Wren and my wife Melanie of course. And I was scared out of my goddamn mind. Like, I had no idea what was going on. It was disorienting, and I was completely confused and way wrapped into it. And I keep looking around, and literally everybody was rolling their eyes so hard, I thought an eyeball was going to roll right by me. Yeah, Everybody was so over it. And I was like, are you guys fucking seeing what I'm seeing right now? This shit is so fucking scary right now. And this like, is so funny. No to me. one gave a shit. No one gave one thing yeah. shit. Yo, so I was so bored. I was punching Dan Scully in his arm, not very hard because I'm a gentleman, but I was scared. I was like, Dan, I don't know. And he's like, You're having the best time out of everybody in this room. Which you? Are, it sounds like you were. Probably
1: I didn't, fair. Yeah. That I I I would say largely boring. Yeah. With one or two elements that I thought were better. So when the, was it
0: boring? Because you saw the original and it was like. Note for note, the same beats? It wasn't note for note at all. It wasn't.
1: It's just so predictable and so not engaging. And Uh. for me, the performances were not believable. Yeah. Uh, Granted, to be fair, in the original... Those are not I it really feels like when you watch the original that they're not acting because Mm. a lot of times they were not they really fucked with those people. They fucked up their GPS. They Uh. made the two dudes get in a fight so that they would like actually hate each other. Like there was a lot of psychological warfare that made the first Blair Witch what it was. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know because I never saw it. So but uh, but yeah I mean uh, a lot of that didn't. uh, So I thought the. Weird couple that brings them to the woods and then they find them later and they're kind of like, oh, how long have you been here? Whatever they whatever. Yeah, it's creepy. I thought that was pretty good. That you was good. That, the was, that was kinda That was kind of new. That was kind of new. And I like that. Uh, some of the moments with the tents were OK. But and I and we said if anyone who listened to the episode of Harvest is where we talked about it. I really do think the end the end solved a problem. The end was like, okay, how do we deal with this? What do we do? That's, But I really feel like the rest of the movie was structureless and didn't really get at me the way the yeah. end did. And even the end doesn't resolve well. It's just a cool idea of like, yeah, okay, so they're in the corner. And then I don't want to spoil it for people. but
0: <laughs> Yeah. I was frightened. I had a good time. I love that. I yeah. love that. I don't give a I shit I love even more that you're in the it.
1: audience and <laughs> no one else cares and yeah. you're like, oh my God! <laughs> I was totally freaked out, man. I, wonder, I, told you this, I told you this before, but I want to told, tell you on the record, without a doubt, objectively, not even subjectively, uh, Don't Breathe is a better movie. Whoa. Yeah, yeah see? And better, that's the thing. It's a better made film.
0: Here's the thing. Ren and I watched both of these mm-hmm. on screeners, mm-hmm. and we did not love... Don't Breathe at all. As a matter of fact, we both were like, what in the fuck are we Yo, doing you hated here? it. Yeah, we were just like, this is some ass shit. And then we watched Blair Witch and we both were like, you know what? Ren saw the original and he was like, yeah, you know what? It's better than the original. It flows better, etc., etc." And I was like, I was frightened out of my goddamn mind. And then we get all the critical reviews from both of these and everybody's like, Blair Witch, piece of shit. Don't Breathe, great movie. And we're like, are we <laughs> incorrect? I mean, yeah, you're idiots. Yeah, so. okay. No, yeah, no, no. Granted. I, I actually
1: don't. I can't. I can't say that because I don't think *Don't Breathe* was great, and I and and I feel bad because a lot of my friends have like championed that movie. Like, I met people associated with the movie. Like, I'm connected to the movie through the Bruce Campbell, John, but uh, but it was just okay. I, I do I do think the level at which you guys hated it is a little crazy to me. Yeah. Because I do think it was very effective in some ways.
0: Like tension building, okay. I get it. It was dude was right there. You know? But
1: but I think A, for me, it suffers a little bit from the advertising. Yeah. I've really only got three characters. And one of them in the trailer, I know, dies. And everyone's like, well, he was a jerk. You wanted him to die. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Now I've got two characters. What are the odds that they're both going to die? Very slim. Yeah. And in fact, it might have won me over if they did kill off both those people. But they yeah. did. And so overall, like, it doesn't, even though I think it was, it shows me that Fetty Alvarez is actually, can be a good director. Uh-huh. I think he should be directing other people's scripts. I don't think the script is great. I don't like how it resolved, and I think the big scene that everyone talks about—that's like the big offensive scene. Yeah, it's just boring. It's just stupid. It's it's like it's like it's like juvenile. And at this point, if you want to really like rub my rub me the wrong way and freak me out, that's not the way to do
0: it. Yeah, there's there's different more insidious ways to go about it. Yeah, exactly. But (laughs) um, you know, but yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw Magnificent Seven. How uh, how is that? I really want to see
1: it. I I almost went last night. There was a double feature at Becky's Drive-In of Magnificent Seven and and, uh, Hell or High Water. And I thought that would have been great. Did you like Hell or High Water? I didn't get to see it. That's what I'm saying. I wanted to go see them both.
0: I will tell you this right now. Yeah. If Chris Pine from Hell or High Water came up to me and was like, hey, Josh, let's make out. I'd be like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Because he is such a dreamboat But anyway Okay, how was Magnificent Seven? (laughs) Magnificent Seven So you got Anton Fuqua coming back after, what, Southpaw, maybe? Did he direct Southpaw? Yeah That's a real piece of shit Yeah, that movie was awful Yeah
1: This movie But he's done some other movies that are good
0: He's done Training Day He's done, uh, you know, he's a video guy Like he started with like Tony Braxton videos and stuff like this Yeah, 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 yeah So, you know, it's cool This movie is, first of all, it's a tertiary remake, right? So you're already treading some weird water right here. Right. But it is a likeable movie in the sense that Anton Foucault is an actual filmmaker caught in the, the aftermath of his victories. You understand what I'm saying? Like he's a No. He is a filmmaker in a world of pop movies.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying. So um so he has to make a movie at a certain level. Yeah. But he could make a movie that was something else. And
0: it peaks out throughout all of like the so what was the last one. Oh, you know what the other one was? Um, the uh, what was it? Where Denzel Washington plays the the guy who like kicks butt. The Equalizer. Equalizer. So he's got these. Equalizer movies. wasn't terrible. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the point. Like he's got these moments of like flourishing glory. That are hidden in these mass appeal pop movies. Sure. That like Equalizer also a remake, right? Or also like, was it a TV show? It was.
1: I I don't know if it was based on a movie, but the TV show
0: was huge. I used to watch reruns of the
1: TV. Not when it was live, but I would watch reruns. Right, right, right.
0: So that's what I'm saying. Like he takes these things that are like pop appeal. Yeah. And he interjects in them these great moments of filmmaking like tenacity that sure. I think are really compelling. Yeah. So this movie, again, being a tertiary remake, being the third iteration of this story, is so well told and engaging. Plus you got Denzel, you got Chris or you got um Chris Pratt in there. And it's so fun. It's just a fun movie. I mean, that's and a
1: I I've said this before and I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if I can follow this up or not. But you know, just watching the trailers, my feeling was if this was just a cat, if, if it wasn't called Magnificent Seven, if it was yeah. just new Western with these characters, no
0: one would be skeptical. Everyone would be like, well, it looks great. Yeah, oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's
1: see it. It looks great.
0: Yeah, dude, it's it's totally good. It's got the um, Byun Hyun, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the the Korean dude sure. from uh, A Bittersweet Life and The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Yeah. Yeah. He plays one of the Magnificent Seven. He is awesome in it. You know what I mean? Like and there's a moment where of course I'm like, okay, you got an Asian man in a Western movie. Like, am I gonna complain about this? Is he aren't there be...
1: multiple Asian men in this Western movie?
0: Uh he's the only one. I thought the dude from Walking Dead was in it. Glenn? Yeah. No. Oh. No. My Wrong bad. Asian. Yeah. But um, no. Uh, it was I thought it was really fun. It was um it was a pop western in that the way you would enjoy uh Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. So it's not like a hardcore western. You know, you're not sure. watching Unforgiven. You're not watching, sure. you know, you're more in the Young Guns vein. Sure. But uh dude, super duper fun. Super great. I mean, other than like the big names, everyone else is kind of like the not like big name actors. You got Denzel and Chris Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's it. And um it's I Oh, mean, and uh other, and Ethan Hawks in there. Other
1: people in it are recognized. There's a lot of recognizable yeah. actors in the movie. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, for sure, for sure. But uh it's just super it's a great movie. It's a great popcorn eater. That's what it is.
1: I mean, that's why I wanted to see it at the drive-in. And honestly, yeah. if it wasn't for the draw of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I'll talk about in my whacking on Track, um, I would have gone because that combined with Hell or High Water, that's some brilliant programming. Like yeah. Becky's often is just, here's two movies that are in theaters. But right. pulling back Hell or High Water to combine with Magnificent Seven? It's perfect. That's real smart. That was a real smart. Hell or High smart Water real... is
0: actually a really good movie.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard, and I still haven't gotten to see it. Yeah. it, it you know, the... the um,
0: the it's pen- not the best movie. The I, there the the are issues that I have with it. The it's, penetration
1: it's of, of not giant movies into the valley is like a mixed bag. So Hell or High Water played in the valley, but it, it was at a time where we were busy, and I thought, well, I'll just see it later. But then some places it left, and then it came back other places, and then it left again. And it's one of those films where – and that's the thing about the valley is like we get – for your regular multiplex, John – covered there's at least four places i could go for whatever but for the artsy stuff there's really only a few more artistic theaters and hell or high water is between it played some multiplexes but it played a shorter period of time Mm -hmm. and it played some arts theaters but then it's like well if i can see it in a nicer Multiplex, maybe I don't want to go. Why not go to an art? But I, then can't. I couldn't. It was gone, and it was a whole thing. So right,
0: I get it. You should definitely make your way to go see it, though. I mean, it's got its issues for sure, but overall, it's a very likable movie.
1: What? Uh, what have you seen? Is there anything else you want to talk about for Whack? Um, anything whack that you've done or seen? Anything
0: whack that I've done? Uh no, not really. Um, uh, most of the stuff has been pretty dope because my life is dope and I do dope shit. So, <laughs> you know, like that's that's the mantra I like to adhere to. But um, I have seen a couple other movies that I that are worthy of me uh, discussing. Are uh, you checking
1: your letterbox? Right I am checking you, my letterbox. Do you keep it up? I have I fell behind for two whole months. Oh, shit. And now I've tried to catch up. yeah, Yo, you know I'm what I saw like
0: that was crazy dope? Right. What? One More Time with Feeling. What is that? The Nick Cave documentary.
1: Oh, we talked about that already. Did we
0: already talk about yeah, that? Yeah,
1: you talked about it on the last
0: episode. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Um, Storks? I saw no, Storks. No, you didn't tell me about that. So, Storks is an animated movie. It's about storks that uh they no longer deliver babies but now they deliver stuff sure like iPhones and shit so um and then like accidentally there's this one person who uh was a uh, baby and they lose her tracking device or it breaks so then they don't know where to put her so then oh she ends up gosh. growing up with the storks as like one of the yeah. storks but she's yeah. like not a bird so of course she's clumsy and uh she accidentally triggers a thing that makes a baby come and they have to deliver the baby but they don't know who to like you know, and then the I don't know. It's a it's it's a fun animated movie. It's one of those movies where, in um, at the end of it, there's like a montage of like babies and all this stuff, and uh, they they show them giving babies to like same sex couples and all this other stuff. It's pretty like in that regard. It's pretty PC, but it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I'm like oh, okay, that's cool. It's um the The main stork voice is played by uh, the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. What's his name? Uh, Lonely. An- Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of the stuff. If you like his his brand of comedy, then it's totally that. Like very kinetic and like very like. And also like he and Peel are in there. Like you know, it's a fun movie. It's a fun animated movie. That's it's one of those that'll warm the hearts of both children and the young at heart. So, I, I like that a lot. Um, hold on. And then I also liked. Oh, I saw 31. Did you see 31 yet?
1: No. Uh, the reviews have been so negative that I didn't. The only way for me to see it, it's not playing in any theaters. So the only way for me to see it is to pay for it Yeah, on the on the voodoo or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just was like, well, everyone's telling me it's terrible, so I'm not going to do that.
0: It's definitely not fun. It's one of those movies where it's like, I don't know, there's a, a group of travelers that their van breaks down and they get kidnapped. And then like a bunch of clowns are trying to kill them. And uh the most stunning thing about it is that Dottie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure is in it. And uh, Okay, I'm into she, that. She plays a clown, and it's like, ha, Dottie, I'm a rebel, Dottie. I'm a loner. It's just other way around. I'm a loner, Dottie. A, a rebel. rebel. Yeah, I know. I just thought that was funny. That's the only notable thing about that. Uh I saw Birth. Did you hear about Birth? So
1: I really want to see that. And I you know, it played at iHouse and yeah. I just
0: couldn't go that night. I will refer to it as this. Sure. Hipster Horror. Is that bad? No, not necessarily, but it's also not good. Okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Natasha <laughs> Leone is in it. <laughs> Natasha Leone and uh, Chloe Savanya are in it. And uh, it's just funny because it's Natasha Leon is a central character. She basically is a fuck up, right? Like she, uh, she takes a lot of drugs and drinks a lot and is a party girl, lives in a trailer kind of thing, you know? And uh, she ends up getting pregnant one night and then the baby just grows exponentially really quickly and she doesn't know what's going on mm-hmm. and she's like you know she doesn't have money to afford an abortion plus she's doing a lot of drugs so she's just like well you know i'm just gonna keep on living my life so she's like snorting pills and like doing all this crazy stuff and then you find out like certain things and you know it's like a weird poorly executed horror movie with hipster people in it and basically i think it's funny I that think i'm okay with that actually it's funny that natasha leone plays herself <laughs> During her drug addiction years, it's, oh, is that what's going on? She's basically typecast as herself when she's high, which is that's like interesting. It's tragic, really. It's it's really weird to me. But I mean, if she's getting paid, then hey, who am I to hate on the game? Yeah, you know, you saying? do
1: you, you know. Yeah, like much respect for uh, the slums of Beverly Hills. You know, yeah, what I'm man,
0: that movie's dope. And also, I saw I'm not a serial killer. I fucking love that movie. That movie is great. What did you see it at Fantastic Fest when it played out there? No,
1: remember I, I couldn't go to Fantastic Fest. You mean Bruce Campbell horror
0: film? Fest. Oh, that's where you saw. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: it was in fact the one of only two new movies I got. I kept going to all the rep, the uh, rep screenings at Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And all the newer screenings, I had to work or be, watch a table or something. So the only new movies I saw were that and Siren.
0: How was Siren? Uh, we talked about it on here last. Oh, episode. did we? Yeah. Oh man. I'm so behind the times. Yeah, you don't remember, anything. I uh, know.
1: But we did talk about uh, I Am Not a Serial Killer, both on here, and we talked about it a little bit on Hard Business. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. What did you think?
0: I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, Greg Christie, friend of the show, was like, the books are better. <laughs> I was like, bro, did you just books are better me, bro? Is that just what happened just now? I mean, but, uh, <laughs> it's,
1: I mean, can we just all agree that the books are always better? Like,
0: Yeah, I thought that was like not even needing to be mentioned, but, you know. Uh, whatever I don't know but he was disappointed in the movie I thought it was really fun I uh, enjoyed it I really liked uh um uh doc Brown what's his name um Lloyd Christopher, Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd as as the guy you know I thought that was cool and uh, overall I liked the tone of the movie I thought it was really fun and uh you know I enjoyed it I, I would suggest people to seek it out and watch it I appreciate that so that was all my on track stuff and wax stuff.
1: wow that was i just realized that was really we're like almost a full episode now yeah that i'm into that i'm sorry. okay so here's my don't apologize
0: i've been doing awesome shit man
1: no you're like the coolest (laughs) uh so as i said i saw blair witch uh you can hear extended thoughts on horror business about that it's whatever i didn't love it uh one thing i haven't got to talk about a lot on either this show because i don't think i did i mention little men last time we were no Let me talk a little bit about Little Men. Not
0: to my memory, anyway, which and, is ugh, spotty, terrible. At best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I mentioned it on Eric Roberts, but let me mention it again. So I went and saw this movie, Little Men, and I think, from what I understand, this is a filmmaker that people know. It's a uh, New York, I think, Brooklyn filmmaker. What's his name? Um, let me let me see if I can check it out. So uh, in it is Greg Kinnear, and then some other people who I don't, I didn't recognize who they were. Uh, I like Greg Kinnear. Yeah, let me see if I can, let's see, uh, crew. So the director is a guy named Iris Sachs, who you may know, They he directed Keep the Lights On, Married Life, uh, Forty Shades of Blue, The Delta. Oh, the Delta. Uh, also, um, what is it, Love is Strange? Remember Love is Strange got a lot of attention last year? Love is Strange is the movie with... Um,
0: I feel like I saw it, but I don't remember what it is.
1: Love is Strange is the movie with John Lithgow and Alfred Molina, where they're like oh, lovers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So this guy is well known. Iris Sachs. I, I'm sure if I was classier, I would know his movies and be like, well known for blah blah blah. I haven't seen most of his films. This is the first right. one I've, I saw, Little Men, and my feeling on it, um, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it is overall actually a really great movie. It's Greg Kinnear is puts in one of his few... I mean, I don't. I think Greg Kinnear is actually underrated as an actor.
0: Yeah, dude, he's so good. But dude. he's
1: really good in this movie. Uh, the other actors who I should know, but I don't recognize them really from anything, they were all great. Um, the real highlight is these two young men uh, who are not quite child actors. They're like 13-ish, 14-ish, but still young enough that they could be awful, and they're both magical. Especially there's... Uh, the. It's basically there's a family um they're very manhattan very cultured they have a very effeminate cultured young son uh the wife is a psychologist uh therapist something like that and the uh father is an actor played by greg Kinnear, and he's not quite successful he's sort of wants to be on broadway but keeps getting these smaller roles he can't quite cut it in like whatever and there his uh father dies so the kid's grandfather dies and the grandfather owns a house in brooklyn and there's a business underneath So rather than sell the place, they move out to Brooklyn, mostly for, I think, money issues. They move out to this place in Brooklyn. And his son, very sort of cultured, effeminate, kind of judgmentally, but doesn't want to be kind of dude, immediately makes friends with the kid who lives below them, whose mom, they don't live there, but his mom owns the shop below where their grandfather lived. And he's this fast-talking fucking New York stereotype in the best possible way. Like, right. his accent... Like, this kid has to actually sound like that because no child actor could fake that accent. Like, as soon as he starts talking, you're like, oh, that's where we're going to go. And it's it, it's not the fucking Ghostbusters fake New York... It's like a real, like, oh, this kid is from that neighborhood, you know, whatever. And as their friendship grows, things get tense with their parents because... um the grandfather basically saw this woman as part of his family. So stop charging her rent reasonable to that neighborhood. The guy moves into the place, his sister therefore doesn't get the money from the house. So she wants the fucking rent money from the shop. So they start putting pressure on her. So it's all this tension, you know, and it's a personal story. It's a story about these two boys and their friendship, but it's in another way, a story about gentrification and about class. Yeah. Wow. So it's a beautiful wonderful movie, but it's the sort of movie where the ending can be taken to be making a very specific statement. And I don't want to ruin that for the listener. But I will say if you've seen it, I fucking hated the ending. I think the ending <laughs> didn't like I, it. I think the ending makes a statement intentionally or unintentionally, which would be fucking worse. Right. Even though it's a bad statement anyway, it makes a statement about class and gentrification. That I can't go into without ruining the movie. And it, it's still out, I think. So I don't right. want to say. But if you see it, you'll know what I mean. And I fucking hate it. And it almost ruined a movie that, like, before that, tears
0: wow laughter so joy straight 180 degree turn at that last end
1: uh we ended up just saying it's still a good movie but me and Sue's left both like mad like Whoa. that's how you're gonna end that movie like what the fuck you know wow. and again i it's entirely possible that they didn't think of it that way that when i say well the end of the movie says this yeah the filmmaker could very easily say oh well, that's not what i intended but i literally think if that's not what you intended fuck you more because you <laughs> didn't think about it. You didn't think about the forces you were portraying and the lives that you were portraying in that movie because what he sh- what's being shown there in a fictional way is real. It's real relationships in a city that is like being in my mind transformed by money basically. Yeah. So all that to say I saw that and I'm, I'm st- I, again I'm glad I saw it. It was worth it to see it. I got to see it with my wife and seeing any good movies with my wife is always great but I don't know. I would I would caution people on that film if you are someone for whom class is a touchy issue. I don't know if you want to see Little Men. You might get mad. Okay, so after that uh saw the invitation, that was great. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. I would highly recommend it. I yeah. would highly highly recommend it. It's a I horror movie, yeah? Uh, in a way, yes. I think it ends up being a horror movie. It's like a tense It's a tense thriller that ends up having strong horror elements. Nice. Um it's I think perfectly directed and really well written. The performances are really strong. Not all of them are great, but it works. Mm-hmm. And it's very much a fantastic fest sort of movie. This it, that's where it, I think maybe premiered even was Fantastic Fest last year. And uh if you like that sort of weird quirky film that kills at Fantastic Fest and maybe doesn't do as well in the rest of the country, but people love it there that's the invitation it's that sort right. of movie you know and then oh, uh, me and lore went to the phantasm thing which was oddly that? enough we didn't talk about that on our show we <laughs> on just, horror business we just recorded <laughs> and we didn't talk about going to phantasm wow Phantasm was great in the sense of I love that movie First of all I love that movie And uh, big ups to Jacob Knight Just wrote a thing about Phantasm For birth movies death That I think really Yeah Really highlighted the The joy of that
0: movie Also big up to my man Eric Bresler Who is uh, the person who Originally introduced me To the joy of not Phantasm 1 Or Phantasm 2 But Phantasm 3
1: I still haven't seen it
0: Oh And then The fourth one that just came out
1: I've only seen 1 and 2 And the fifth one is coming out A bunch of people saw it At my dad's fest. Uh just a plug for the other show. Me and Justin are going to watch all four Phantasms. Oh, so in good. In anticipation. Well, we've just watched, so we're going to watch the two, three, and four. I've only seen two. I've never seen three. Or I've seen three in brief sections on cable, yeah. but I couldn't tell you the plot. I just yeah. know from seeing pictures online, I'm like, oh, I've
0: seen that movie, here's, but I haven't like, watched it. Here's the thing it. about Phantasm, though, that like, by yeah. the second one, it had lost all commercial steam. Mm-hmm. So everything that comes out after that is specifically for the fans. And I, I'm curious... Which is amazing. A
1: lot of people, though... It, uh, Ravager got mixed reviews. The fifth one right. premiered at Fantastic Fest. I think it was a premiere. It might not have been, but it played Fantastic Fest. Mm-hmm. And it got mixed reviews. Some people I love hated it, and some people I love loved it. So right,
0: right, right, right.
1: We'll see what... Well, I don't know what I'm going to think.
0: Just the fact that, though, that it's iconoclastic enough... Sure. ...that it panders to... Or, I don't want to say panders because it sounds like sad, but like it caters to a specific fan... That is awesome.
1: I think it's very int- it's an interesting way to make movies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, so anyways, the, the point of seeing it was they did a restoration. Yeah, like a four hundred k Apparently the restoration was because of JJ Abrams. That uh while JJ Abrams was filming something, he had already made friends with Don Coscarelli. Is that yeah. his name? They had made uh, according to this thing. So let me let me back up. They show this restoration at the Colonial. Mm-hmm. And then at the Colonial, basically what happened was uh the restoration was playing at the same time all around the country. But then there was a satellite feed of an interview with Don Coscarelli and members of the cast Whoa. from Austin. Whoa. So the problem was because we were on Eastern time. instead of central time. Our movie was going to end. And then we had an hour to kill oh, before, before the, the satellite interview. feed. So funny enough, uh, one of the producers, yeah. I, so I got these details wrong. I think it was the cinematographer. Just, right. If if you follow Justin Lore on Instagram at Repairman Jack, uh, I think it's Repairman X Jack. He posted the picture and he said exactly who this dude was and what. Right. Because that's Justin knows that shit. I don't know that shit. Right. But uh, important enough that at the satellite interview from Austin, yeah, Don mentioned him. Like, oh, and blah blah. Who was on the film is somewhere in Pennsylvania is doing an interview. <laughs> like, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I know. I just saw it. He's here at, <laughs> at the Colonial and like other events. They showed it. So it was at Bryn Mawr they showed it, at the Arts Quest. Like, multiple theaters yeah, yeah, showed yeah, it. Yeah. Only the Colonial had this fucking guy. So right. big ups to the dudes at the Colonial. They come out to like zoom stuff. They're cool people. I don't right. think any of them are CinePunks fans, but if you are, tweet at us because we like you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the Colonial guys are cool. So the movie looked great. The restoration looks amazing, and it was great to watch it with that crowd of people who were excited. Yeah. The in-person interview with this guy who, I like I said, I think he was a cinematographer, he was great. He had lots of fun stories. But then uh, Coscarelli talked about at the um, at his thing, he talked about how...
0: J.J. Um, Abrams.
1: Yes. Yeah, so he talked about how J.J. Abrams found him. He said, I, I do some TV. Like literally the way he introduced himself, I do some TV or whatever. And Doc Coscarelli was like, you fucking do lost. Get out of my face with that. You know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> so they, were, they became friends. So then later on, J.J. Abrams realized that a lot of the people who were working on Star Trek... Yeah. So before even Star Wars, working on Star Trek, had never seen Phantasm. And jj Abrams literally was like, You can't work on my movies and not Until have seen you see Phantasm. Phantasm So he just calls Don up. He's like, Don, I'm trying to show the guys uh Phantasm and uh there's not a I can't find a Blu ray. What's what's going on with the Blu ray? Tyron Cascarelli's like, There is no Blu ray. <laughs> what do you mean there's no Blu ray? It's like there's no H D transfer. There's just that D V D release which was from uh, I think the DVD release might even be like a VHS transfer. Whoa. It's not great. If you've seen it, it's not. It's yeah. not terrible. But it's not great. And JJ was like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> and so basically the story is everyone who worked at the end of Star Trek and the beginning of Star Wars, you were obligated if you were on the effects team that when you were done with your Star Wars work, you had to go to a different office and then spend your nights on the. Uh, 4k transfer of phantasm that like many of the people who did special effects for star wars for jj abrams then went and worked on phantasm which doc oscarly thought was the best fucking thing in the world yeah
0: and you know what i second that yeah
1: totally so (laughs) um so big ups to j we wouldn't have this amazing transfer which is not out on blu-ray yet they're just showing the 4k dcp but you can eventually you're going to be able to get this blu-ray Without Don, without J.J. Abrams, this wouldn't exist. So huge ups to him. I'm not a big fan overall, but I am a fan if he made that happen. That's good enough for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, it looked good. The interviews were good. The satellite thing was cool. I had to stay up pretty late. I think everyone we were there with left, and I, it was just me. And Lore. I think me and Lore stayed for the satellite, John. And Amazing. It. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> all that to say,
0: that's commitment to Big ups uh, to the colonial for the doing cause.
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the only other thing I did I think that's worth mentioning. Oh, if you get a chance, Killzone 2 is on Netflix.
0: I don't know Killzone. Tell me about Killzone.
1: So I don't fucking know it either. First of all, apparently that's the U.S. name that the original is something like, I don't know. It's shortened to SPL on Letterboxd. And the one that I watched is called SPL 2, A Time for Consequences. Was it that? So the, um, they just changed the title to Killzone 2 for Americans. Right. Uh, I don't know. I never saw Killzone, but people kept saying, you don't have to see Killzone. Just watch Killzone 2. I watched Killzone 2. It's fucking sick. Yeah. It's basically uh, a gangster movie with, w- w- what is it, Wuxia? Is that the, you know, oh, the, yeah, the, the yeah, like, yeah, wire yeah. work? And then Tony Ja inserted in I... for Muay Thai. And at a certain point, the... Uh, Wushia, whatever, however you say it, uh, detective and the Muay Thai, uh, Tony Ja team up against a dude who just seems good at everything. And it's like a fucking 15 minute fight scene that's killer. I mean, there's a lot of It's like the movie has a million fight scenes. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're more into like plot and shit, you wouldn't like it, but
0: nah, um, fighting, man. It's I love so that good. shit. No, and no then lot. I
1: just want to end with last night, I went, uh, with friend of the show, Chris Reject, as well as some other people to, uh, the Mahoning Drive In for. Um, that whole weekend, they've been doing this weekend uh, of terror. Yeah, and they showed a bunch of different movies. Uh, I I specifically went, though went for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then we stayed for Blood Spattered Bride, which is not my favorite movie. Ah,
0: uh, it's
1: fine. It's fine. Yeah, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still good. It's so it, good. It's crazy that a movie I've seen that many times, I can go see it on film and, and it
0: still get to you. Yeah, it's yeah. still awesome. Yeah, it uh, doesn't. Yeah, dude, just the scene where they open up the refrigerator and the girls in there like all that stuff still gets me every time i see it yeah so great so i think that that about you Carver's know my favorite thing about texas Chainsaw Massacre is, uh, what you know who does the voiceover
1: no i don't know who does the voiceover it's uh
0: the first speaking role on film of mr dan fielding aka john leverkett i didn't know that yeah he did that and he did the voiceover for uh, the town that dreaded sundown
1: Wow, he's really good. At, that's a really good voiceover for both those movies. Yeah, just it's saying. really strong,
0: <laughs> John Larroquette. So, uh, I've um, been on a night court k- kick lately. I don't know if you know that. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> so, those are the, the. I think that's everything I've done film wise. And then I haven't really been to any shows. I just no. I haven't been able to make it out too much. I, as far as music goes, um, I'm really stoked on the new Frank Ocean album. Like, I'm super stoked on it.
0: I actually listened to the new Angel Dust because of you. And what'd you think? I love it
1: yeah and then we talked about this on the last show but let me say it again the new angel dust is awesome i love justice i don't know the other guys in that band but i love them that they're in that band it's great it's really good it's really really good i've been listening to that i've been listening to the new frank ocean i've been listening to i'm still obsessed with chance's coloring book (laughs) um but the last thing i want to mention is vaguely music related but it's not music but i started watching luke cage
0: Oh, do you love it?
1: I can't endorse it entirely yet, but I will say at least the first five episodes, which is all I've watched, are awesome. And the music from it is great.
0: Did you ever read any Power Man books as a kid?
1: I have read, tangentially, some Heroes for Hire. Uh I think I might have one to 2 Power Man specific comics but definitely when it was him and
0: and Iron Fist. Iron Fist. That but was all... the only experience of Power Man that I've ever had. Was the Heroes for Hire stuff? No, no, that was the Marvel team-ups, Iron Man and Power Fist. Power oh, Man and sure. Iron Fist.
1: Yes. Yeah, Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah, but then when they were Heroes for Hire, and then they had other people who would come through for Heroes for Hire, like there was like the, Black Widow
0: and all that stuff. And uh, I, don't,
1: I don't, know. I never saw Black Widow, but definitely uh, Misty Knight, who on the show is just a detective, In the comics she eventually is uh, a private eye who knows kung fu and has a bionic arm. So good. And there was the who? What is the name of the guy who's basically the Bruce Lee ripoff? That's Iron Fist. No, that's what I'm saying. Iron Fist is a white guy. Yeah, with a there was green a member of costume. there was a member of Heroes for Hire. Who just looked like Bruce Lee, and I always interpreted it. I I was I mean I guess I was just a weird kid, but as a kid, I knew Iron Fist is a weird character. It's weird that you have yeah. a kung fu white guy, but there was eventually a guy associated with Heroes of Fire who was basically the kung fu guy who was actually Chinese, right. and the way that they drew him is he looked exactly like Bruce Lee, That's but great. he didn't wear the he didn't wear the outfit that you would always see Bruce Lee in. The because of, because of Game of Death, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's not. He was just, but I forget what his name was. It was. Like it was stupid. It was like Kung Fu Man or some <laughs> bullshit. It was like terrible. And then Misty Knight, of course, was part of that. And then Misty right. Knight always had a partner, and I can never remember her name. It's always yeah. Misty Knight and some white lady, and I don't remember the white lady's name. Totally don't. And remember. then for a brief period, uh, Hercules was on. It was Heroes Heroes for higher. Higher. yeah Hire, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: the brown Hercules guy with the like the headband. Yeah, yeah, brown, he's not brown. Well, no, it's a brown headband.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. Hercules, <laughs> though, was always like the carousing uh, roommate of Thor. There was a whole period in Thor where <laughs> Thor and roommates. Hercules lived together, and <laughs> Thor is like being all uptight, and Her- Hercules is like in a bathtub drinking <laughs> beer like,
0: methinks thinks now, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. It's so good. It's Fucking so Hercules. awesome. <laughs> it's like Hercules. Hercules. Who shit in a bathtub again? Hercules. Like that kind of party. Yeah.
1: I also started watching um, – the new season of Agents of Shield,
0: and how do you like it? You've been, been you've been down with Agents of Shield for yeah, the whole time. Yeah, but it's time.
1: been like up and down. Remember, yeah. I think the last time we talked about Agents of Shield, I said, you were saying that you weren't stoked, show, and it got better. Everything sucks, and fuck you, Agents of Shield. That's and then like Captain
0: America: Civil War came out, or something, or Captain America: Winter Soldier, and you were like, oh, it's all tied together. I love it. My no, 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 Leon. no, that, that was a while
1: ago. But the yeah. Civil War came out had no effect on Agents of Shield. Right now, in fact. They were really pushing on Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. this whole Inhumans thing. And now, and now, that, the now that they push back mean, the movie, yeah. it's over. Inhumans, like, they're not even talking about it. This season is all Ghost Rider. And the problem is, on one hand, I kind of have liked the last couple episodes and the way that they do it. Yeah. But I'm still annoyed at the, the Ghost Rider in the show is the current Ghost Rider from the comics. The current Ghost Rider from the comics drives a car. He should be Ghost Driver because you don't yeah. ride a car; you drive a
0: car. See, I stopped paying attention to Ghost Rider, the book w- with the Mark DeSistiere reboot when uh, they started. Um, yeah. yeah, and like that's some, I just you
1: know I read it in the nineties. I read both versions of Ghost Rider.
0: Yeah, the Johnny Blaze and then the the Mark DeSistiere more darker.
1: But what was he what was his name? It wasn't Johnny Blaze. No, right. he was a kid. But it was it
0: was similar though. It was like yeah. Danny Fire or some Yeah, it shop. was something like that. Danny is definitely the first name, I think. I, I think, don't know. I think so. Well,
1: the current thing is a his, they they Hispaniced him up, which makes sense because they've yeah. been trying to diversify Marvel overall. He's in LA, he's in like, you know, the old ghost He's driving a car? He drives a car and it works because there's a real cholo feel to the book. In a, in a way that I think is actually well done and charming. Yeah. But I could never get into it because I have this old school, stupid, old man thing where I'm like, you don't ride a car. You know, like, <laughs> I just can't help it. And so he's on the show, and the actor who plays him is cool. They've yeah. used him in cool ways so far. They're really, It really feels like the show is doing a thing where they're combining science and magic, and that's how Ghost Rider is connected that's to good. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. And they have to do... This is my bummer, though. If you're going to have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. only exist to support your movies... I mean, that's why they're doing Ghostwriter, right? Because Doctor Strange is coming out, and they have to have mystical shit. Yeah. If you're going to do that, then the two have to actually connect. And right now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has no impact on the cinematic universe in any way, shape, or form. But the cinematic universe has huge impact on the show. So if something changes in the movies, the show has to change. But the show, those characters will never be in the movies. What happens on the show will never impact the movies. And even more ridiculous the Netflix shit is not connected to the ABC show in any way, shape, or form. Really? So here you've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going around trying to find superheroes and shit, and you're never going to see any of these Netflix people in New York that are doing their thing. So I just think I get why Marvel diversified. They wanted to not be in charge of all these projects. They wanted to have a bunch of things going on. But actually having all these different characters unconnected is super dumb.
0: Yeah, it seems really just like... It seems discordant in a way. It's not working for yeah. me, at least. Wow, for Liam, Liam, yeah. and I'm the one who matters. So. Man, I didn't realize how many thumbs he had to point down. Down. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, so that was uh, whacking on track, and that was a that was a
0: good chunk there. Yeah, that's good. We've done a lot. Yeah, we got. Uh, so here's here's a couple things. Uh, here's what I got coming up. What do you got coming up? I'll, I'll tell you what I got coming up. Do it. Um, November fifth. Oh, actually, the first show coming up is October fifteenth. Yeah Where um, Solarized is playing a show at the pharmacy Uh, Gary Viteri, our friend of the show Sure uh, And uh, it's his venue And um, we're playing with uh, More Mother Which is um,
1: Oh, that's my uh, good friend Yeah Kamei Death Star Yes Actually, that's not her real last name, but that was the last name she was going by when I worked with her. I think she now tells people her actual last name, but I
0: don't know what it is. Sorry. Right. Guy. Well, we're playing with we're playing with them, which if sure. you've heard the new record that came out, it's pretty awesome.
1: I like the More Mother record a lot. Yeah. I really want her to come to Lafayette. Yeah. I played some of her stuff for some of the students I work with, and they're like, she should come for Black Heritage Month. And I'm like, okay, cool. But it's like there's no punks on campus at all so it's like right. a weird fit yeah i mean not that the music she does is punk but her well, her persona is very punk yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. and the music she does it works punk into something that she can do on her own right and that's just her she programs all that shit herself it's like, awesome. she is the record is fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. i love that record she's so. amazing right and you know she does that afrofuturist thing yeah uh, I, I think which
0: uh, the singer from my band alex uh, writes for oh really really yeah really. he Black, reads for them I think it's, Afrofuturism
1: well so um, Rashida's Afrofuturist affair right. she does that I think them together though is called Black Quantum Futurism yeah that's when they do stuff together I, I believe, think that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it I is. worked with them when I was over at the um, at Broad Street no at the Neighborhood Exchange oh oh right right, right right right
0: yeah. right cool yeah so we're playing with them solarize is playing with them and Down Trotter. It should be an interesting rambunctious punk show so uh if you're around the area come out to that and then october 25th um cross keys are playing kung fu necktie with the up up ups and two bands one band's that's on, on tour from uh, australia sure and another band called make war i don't really know don't anything know. about those yeah. bands, but uh you know that should be an interesting time and then um also, November 5th, Solarize is playing The Church with Limp uh, Limprist, which if you are a long time to the show, you know, we love Los Crudos and we love Limp and we sure. love Martine. So uh, I'm pretty excited to be able to play that. And then uh, November 14th, I am playing with Walter Streifel's other band, Vanishing Lives, which is yeah. um, the Kroskies are playing with Vanishing Lives. It's uh, members of Annual Notes by the Trail of Dead. It's uh, Walter from, of course, Quicksand, Grill Biscuits, and uh, every band that you love. And, um the the one guy is playing Drones of Bad Religion I know and he used to be in that band Snot, <laughs> and um,
1: is Walter maybe the most prolific gentleman in hardcore punk. I would say so. I don't know anyone who comes close or to most, creative bar- output. At least most buried, right? Like a lot of yeah. people play in a lot of bands that sound the same. Yeah. And Walter has played in a million different bands.
0: And he currently plays in like four bands, which is ridiculous. Well, especially
1: because Quicksand and Girlbiscuits are, I mean, if you just told me, yo, man, I'm playing shows with Quicksand and Girlbiscuits, and then also added on, oh, and a couple shows with Youth of Today, you'd be like, okay, well, your life is clearly over. The fact that he still plays also in new bands, while well, those yeah. bands are maybe not a lot, but occasionally playing, playing. Yeah, yeah,
0: dude, it's crazy, so um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that show. Uh, i I think it's going to be really fun. And um, also, the Solarized demo is getting completed today. We're finishing tracking today. So big up to Alex, Jeff, and Joe, who That's are cool. my bandmates. I love those guys. I love the band. And um, I think that we're coming with something that uh, is not heard in a long time. So uh, it's it's a strain of punk rock that has to be cultured in a, an incubator that has elements of um, California evolution hardcore. I, I appreciate that, um, that. You know, it's very specific to our tastes, and uh, I, I feel like not too many people spend a lot of time talking about bands like John Henry West anymore, or like bands like uh, Iconoclast or Down, like uh, Struggle, like bands like this. Sure. So um, it's very much in that tradition, but it's also very new. I feel this reminds me, and I wanted
1: to bring this up with you, and we can make this something we talk about in the show. Um,
0: have you checked out the new Race Trader tracks? I heard the I heard the song that came out, and uh, I forgot how awesome that band was. Yeah, can we just for a Dude. second, much respect
1: to Race Trader. Like, for those of you who don't know this, I, I keep saying this to people, Race Trader, and then they're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Let's be clear. Race Trader, I, as far as I know, Race Trader was the first band in hardcore punk. addressed white privilege in in a very direct way you could argue that many bands address addressed racism but often just the most virulent forms of racism right and lots of bands addressed white power but indirectly race trader was the first band to actually say yo whiteness is only privilege race is a social construct for oppression and all of you here who are white punks are part of a system that oppresses people of color. Yeah. especially. And what's amazing about that band, I just read an interview. I didn't realize two of those dudes are Iranian. Oh, and, I
0: did not know that. And wow.
1: a, I, I think in a post 911 world, it's they are less likely to call themselves out for white privilege. Right. But the point of the, at the time was to say, yo, we're not even fully white. And we have white privilege. So you motherfucker definitely has white privilege. Yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah. why? Because we can pass. And even being able to pass a little
0: bit is a privilege. Is is a thing. And he's like, yeah. and
1: even then, he even in this interview I read, which is more modern, he said he he was like he's like, I didn't even think about it at the time. He's like, But even now we need to even call out like Asian communities, which is technically Iran is in Asia. It's not in the Middle East, you know, right, that's, right, that's right, you know, right. Persia is part of Asia. I mean, technically the Middle East is Asia, but we we've now made the Middle East its own thing. And we don't mean the Middle East when we say Asia, even though it's Asia. Uh, Iran really is part of the Afghan India. Like that's really where it's at. And so he's like, yo, Asians can oftentimes not physically pass, but they can culturally assimilate in a way that right now black people can't. And we need to call that out. And I was like, "Fuck!" I thought all the dudes in that band were white dudes. I really yeah, did. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I
1: thought they were just conscious white dudes who were like calling out themselves. Instead, you've got two brown guys in a band with other white dudes being like, "We're all to blame." Yeah, and you got the drummer from who went to Fallout Boy. Yeah, I mean that's amazing at all. But so ridiculous. To be fair, that dude's been in a bunch of bands. That like, I I finally because they kept thinking about the fact that he was in fallout boy and race, Tr- race Traitor, i went to his discogs page that dude's been in a lot of bands and the only poppy band was fallout boy right and he's actually been in a lot of really heavy bands huh. but to be fair he is in fallout boy <laughs> and one of the reasons race Trader had not reunited before now was because of fallout boy Right. They in this interview, uh and I don't remember I think it's with the vocalist, but I could be wrong. I read an interview with one of the guys from Race Trader about this reuniting and putting out a couple songs and if they were gonna play shows and stuff. And he said during the Bush years they had thought about it because that's how awful, you know. Yeah. But right now they just really felt like, look, the struggle for the dignity of people of color, especially black people, but not just black people, but especially black people is heating up. It's like got new f- and, and of all the times for, I mean, how amazing would it be if an album like burning the idol, of the white Messiah came out now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, I mean that band is, and let's ignore all the political stuff for just one
0: second. Not that I think we should, but, but just for musically that band was crazy. Good. So fucking good.
1: Yeah. Side note: a lot of times when you read about race trader on the internet, people point out that two of the guys converted to Islam. Now I'm wondering if those were the Iranian guys, did they convert or did they just Go back to the the faith of their parents. You know what I mean? Like, Wow. Although, in this interview, this guy definitely said his parents were not very religious. So, I don't know. Maybe he did convert in a very traditional sense. I don't know. But uh, all that to say, the songs are sick. I think they're going to write more. I think they're going to put out more stuff. I don't know if they're going to tour, but they'll at least play some shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a band that not everyone's into. Some people don't like the grind it's like a real mashup of grind and, 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 and metalcore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like grind elements with some
0: metally. Yeah, noodly is in there. But fuck, they're they're good, killer. Man. Yeah, dude, they're awesome band. I would wear so I would wear a race trader shirt. Just <laughs> point that out there.
1: Um, fair enough. So much respect to them. And uh, I just want to end a little bit. You know, last year
0: on october we put out an episode every week every week but it was easier because you lived here yeah and uh you know so on no so
1: i didn't live here i just was unemployed
0: oh right <laughs> unemployed <laughs> living in philadelphia or something close enough yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, whatever so
1: um but yeah it's it's been a year since then and i think we still love october
0: we love the season
1: and we still want to do some horror stuff so maybe we'll get to do an episode before the month is over related to something with horror but again we you know we have a show that's horror so that's if yeah. if if you're wondering why we're not talking about it this is the thing and maybe instead we'll talk about the misfits or something i don't fucking know <laughs> we can talk about the nerve agents that's yeah definitely fucking a, nerve a, agents are great oh dude. totally totally days of the white owl listen to that and, shit and honestly i've been listening to a lot of uh dead man's bones the fucking
0: oh uh, yeah that, the, ryan, uh, ryan gosling uh, ryan gosling band yeah i know it's like corny like who's
1: ryan gosling no band? way dude that it's shit good. is awesome so good
0: with the silver lake children's choir but I do want to
1: but I do want to take a moment to say it's October. We're yeah. both excited about it being Halloween. Yes. What are you most excited about? Whether that's a movie you need to watch, an event you're going to, a haunted house you're going to check out. What are you stoked about for Halloween this year?
0: There is a hayride. Oh, where in? Okay. There are mounted paintball guns. Oh fuck. And zombies advance the hayride from the from the woods. Yeah. And you have to shoot the zombies with the paintballs. Yes. Oh, well, we've
1: talked about going to this and we've never been. So hard. Did you want go to before? Go.
0: No, not okay. yet. I wanna do that. I'm really excited about going back to Pennhurst because when we went, that shit was terrifying. So we went to that like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I went would, there I with... Would, uh check it out. We were there with Steve Justin and Jordan Clarius and uh, uh, Vince friends, and all them.
1: Friends of the show Yeah, who friends don't of listen the show to the show.
0: That we'll never know that we just talked about. <laughs> but uh, that was so much fun, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, cinematically, I, I can't think... Oh, I'm excited for Shin Godzilla,
1: dude. Yeah, I, I'm also torn because... We'll get back to what you were saying about things you're excited about for Halloween. But real quick, I want to plug, if you're anywhere in the Lehigh Valley, Lafayette is doing this Bureau american Film Festival, which is basically, it's not a film festival in the traditional sense. It's, there's a program that colleges can sign up for where, for a small amount of money, they this company will get you uh, Spanish broadly construed Hispanic, let's say, Uh films. They're not Spanish from Spain. They're Spanish-speaking, and in some cases, not Mm Spanish-speaking, but films from the Latin world, let's say. And so one of our professors signed up for this. We have six movies, all from native perspectives and whatever, and uh, there's a movie. Most of the movies are not new. Mm -hmm. There's one movie that's super new that Kino Lorber has been pushing really hard. I don't know how nice. to pronounce it. It's one of those X words. It's like mm. Zankul cool or Xana-cool or something, but it's getting killer reviews. In right. fact, there was a write-up in the AV Club, or no, Huffington Post, Huffington Post that seriously said, the only movie we're seeing in theaters right now is this movie. Wow. It's playing for free at Lafayette on Wednesday. Nice. So I have to choose between Shin Godzilla, Red Carpet in New York, free artsy movie that's getting lots of things that also supports my friend. You know what right, I mean? So right, I'm trying right, to balance right. that out um but if you're in the lehigh valley uh go to the lafayette website i think there's a link to it uh the info but it's every wednesday night for the next month at seven o'clock at the landis cinema they're showing these movies for free you don't have to do That's anything awesome. just show up so yeah anyways so shin godzilla you're stoked on anything yeah. else like it doesn't have to be new but anything that you're like okay it's october i'm gonna get in the mood this is something i want to watch
0: um well of course you know the the traditional standbys actually you know another movie that i forgot to mention earlier i saw halloween uh tales of halloween oh yeah yeah, by yeah, the yeah, october yeah. society sure 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 so uh it's a vignette movie if you haven't seen it did you like it
1: i actually really enjoyed it
0: yeah it was a good time yeah not the worst movie I've seen.
1: i mean there's there are there are elements s- that i disliked there sure. are some it's an anthology film and in no anthology film was perfect right they all have at least one weak joint yeah this has a There's a good amount of stories in
0: the movie. It's not just a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And a lot of them are good. And there's only one or two that I thought were
0: stupid. Which ones did you think were stupid?
1: I don't want to get into it too hard because we had it at Bruce Campbell Fest last year. Right.
0: And so I met some of them. So which ones did you like less?
1: Uh, Let me say the ones I liked. Uh, If I can remember off the top of my head. There was a one with the little devil child. Oh, so good. With the guy from Rocky
0: Horror Picture Show.
1: Yeah, who was there by the way? What's oh. uh, what his name? Brian Boswick. Yeah, he was at Bruce Campbell Fest last year, which was great. Nice. Um, I really liked the, the weird take on the zombie one.
0: I'm not sure I remember. Whoa.
1: There's the one with aliens.
0: Oh right, 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 right. There's right, a, right, right. or it was
1: a serial killer, right? And then there's an alien takes over someone's body and it's basically a seer killer fighting what is in all effects like an evil dead zombie sort of thing. Yeah. I like that one. That was a good time. Um, You know, it's been over a year since I saw it. So I'm trying uh, wow. To what else is yeah,
0: there? I just saw it the other night and I thought it was really fun. What, which ones did you really like? I really liked the first one, the Sweet Tooth. Yep, that I was. I really good. liked. Um, well,
1: the one with the bikes that was kind of post apocalyptic. I like that one too. Yeah, that one's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, I really liked the little devil one. That was my favorite. That one. was awesome. So good. The one where the childrens are killing everybody. I was okay with. Yeah, it was all right. It yeah, was pretty good. overall, I I mean, more hits and misses for sure. There was one that was kind of like there was a Spider Woman or something. I didn't know. Really, uh, I didn't really like that one.
1: Yeah, that was okay. What's the one also? I did like the one that was the uh, the
0: clown. oh that one's great. <laughs> Yeah. That one's really
1: good. And you know the one clown is played by um, Tom Holland.
0: No, I didn't know that. That's awesome. It's awesome. Man, you should talk about this on another show. The horror business.
1: (laughs) Well, we do need to do another anthology episode. Yeah, uh, but we need to do a lot of. I mean, we're just getting going with horror business. You know, this episode is great though. Fifty six for Cinepunks. We we, we're established. Yeah, man. we business heavy hitters. We we just went into double digits on on horror business. That's good though. We're like eleven. Respect, respect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. So um. Yeah. How about you? What are you excited about for this uh, year? For me, obviously, twenty four hour horrorthon this year. It's an eighties theme, so I'm interested in that. Um, and from what I understand, I think they're going to try to do like one movie from each year. of the Oh, so nice. that'll be interesting. That's cool.
0: Um, oh, I'm also excited about Infest. I, I know you've seen Infest so many times. I've never seen Infest. Is that in October or November? Oh, I feel like it's in October, but I could be wrong.
1: I am also excited for Infest. That's a sick lineup. It's not just Infest either, because it's Infest. Pure disgust. Pure disgust. Iron Lung. I've never seen Iron Lung. I've seen Infest like four times now. I've never seen Iron Lung. So So I'm really stoked for that show as well. And that's one that I have to make an effort to get to. Like I can't let it slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In October, you know, me and Justin signed up for the Miskatonic Institute of Horror Studies. That's awesome. And the October joint is with um, Paoli, the guy who co-wrote From Beyond and uh reanimator. Nice. Um, so I'm excited for that and that whole thing. has been cool. Uh, and for me, you know, Halloween, it is a lot of horror movies. I've already seen Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already watched Event Horizon. This morning I watched House. So I'll be trying to watch a lot of things. I think uh, at home I have a copy of a movie called Venom mm-hmm. that is um, Klaus Kinski and... Oh, nice. Super sexy British guy who was in The Devils and The Brood.
0: Oh, uh, fuck. Why did I? Oh man, he I... looks like Tom Jones. Like, he's... yeah, I keep wanting to say uh, Ken Russell, but Ken Russell. Oliver.
1: Yeah, Oliver Reed.
0: Oliver Reed. Yeah.
1: Oliver Reed and Klaus Kinski in a movie with a big snake. I'm nice. into that. Yeah. Um, I've also got some other things that I've gotten like promotional copies that I've been meaning to watch that I'm going to save for October. So, right. Dead End Drive In, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. I might rewatch the stuff, even though I just wrote about the stuff. I kind of want to rewatch it. Yeah, just some Arrow videos I've gotten, and then I, I also got the new, the thing, print some nice. the, the the um shout or Screen Factory joint. So I want to mm. check that out. Um, and just some other things I've been meaning to watch. The Shutter lineup is gotten better and better. Like, yeah, big Did ups to think... my man Sam Zimmerman who was at Miskatonic met my met Justin but I just feel like the lineup is just it's getting better I think that's all z- Sam. Yeah. I think part of the thing is I, I again I it's will not say that shutter was bad before it
0: was good before it wasn't bad but it, it definitely didn't have cutting edge horror on there I didn't think huh really yeah i felt as though a lot of the selections that you had when i first signed up for shutter versus now like now you have dare samurai on there now you have like you know sure you have well i think i think
1: uh sam has definitely diversified i mean i'm saying him because i know him as Mm -hmm. the main main uh, guy main guy but i'm sure there's other people who make decisions too i know there was some hold up on sam's part or not on sam's part sam told me there was some hold up from distributors and stuff they had some issues getting some things through but he is telling me that the lineup over the next couple months is only going to be that much better
0: oh so good thank you
1: it's so good so though. like good. big ups to him i also met some other people who work for shutter we're at bruce campbell i don't know why they would be listening to this but if they are <laughs> yo man you guys are
0: killing it yeah man especially in a, in a culture where like if you look at the horror section on netflix right now in the american version of netflix right it's all. It's like they're looking for one-star movies.
1: Well, I think the. I think a. I really do think Shutter's cutting into Netflix's draw. Right. I think that they're getting movies that Netflix can't get. Oh. I really do think that's wow. true. Wow, that's awesome. Two. I think Netflix is not interested in older movies anymore. Like what they want is the cheapest new movies they can just snack snatch up and their own content. Because here's the thing, I don't know this for a fact. But word on the street is that Netflix does way better on actual viewers with their own content that they make themselves. And it's cheaper to make than it is to like pay for the rights to something than they do with any of their movie selection. So I just think after a while, Netflix is not going to have
0: movies. You know what, though? Let's talk about it. Daredevil. Fucking great. Stranger Things. Fucking no, great. I'm not. I'm not Dude. mad
1: at them about it. I'm only mad at them because the attitude of people right now about movies is we don't need physical media because there's netflix well netflix isn't actually here's the thing if you want to create a service like fandor or shutter if you want to create something that's like look we're gonna get every fucking movie we can find that isn't on another service yeah and really keep it as less like a money-making tool and more more like like a, a catalog yeah like a like an archivist like we're just archiving this these movies then yeah, I'm all for it. But Netflix people treat Netflix like it's an archiving service and it's not. And it not. is not. It it's is what not. they can afford, it's what and they th- think people will watch and the reality is uh, the part of the reason they have those shitty movies is you motherfuckers are watching those movies. Yeah. People what watch fuck, those people? shitty on, movies.
0: Hold your movies to a higher standard, please.
1: Don't get me wrong, there I do think people are get lazy with Netflix and they don't really search it hard and so I I still think I've been lazy about it, but if I was doing running on stream i can find every week five things on netflix
0: you should be you watching. like yeah easily easily i can do that
1: every week i could put it out if i wasn't such a lazy piece of shit <laughs> but the reality is that that doesn't mean people think like oh well that means that they have this huge it's still not complete the the there are a million movies out there there's so many movies and i'm not saying you should feel obligated to watch all the movies there's other things in life than watching movies i really do think that even not with a, much more even with a film podcast I really think there's other more important things in life than watching movies, but when you make the choice to watch movies, wouldn't you like to have access to a broader, wider variety to see something yeah. you've never fucking seen before? That's what instead Fandor's Instead of rewatching for. the same
0: shit again and again. That's why is the thing. Fan.
1: Fandor kills it.
0: Fandor is so good.
1: Between Fandor and Shutter, they kill it.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Um, and there's other services. Big ups to the grindcore, the Grindhouse Channel, which yeah. uh, our boy Justin Harlan now works for. Nice. And big they're...
0: ups to Exploitation T V, our friends from Vinegar Syndrome. Yep,
1: yep, yep. Um if you like boobies, that's definitely the it's definitely your you thing need. if you're
0: feeling like watching some boobs. But yeah, yeah, also yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got like like uh just weird horror movies are on yeah, there. Yeah, raw forces on there. Raw forces on there. Some all um, kinds
1: of strange shit that yeah. they get over there. And again, I mean, no disrespect.
0: I'm not a big porn person, but if you like the porn there you go, man. If you they like the porn from you. the 70s, it's there. It's kind of hard to to find movies that aren't that on there sometimes. Because like <laughs> you're like, oh, wait, I thought this was a slasher horror movie, and there's now people making sex on there. And this is a little, not exactly what I signed up for.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> so, I, 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 I'm okay with it, but I get it's a, it's, it's a little weird. But I mean, let's, but the thing is, is that it is, like, interesting. Like, for me, with Vinegar, with uh, Exploitation TV, I mean, the same with, like, grind, Grindhouse Channel. It's not like Grindhouse Channel has this like unbelievable selection they have a small budget so it's a lot of stuff that they can get for free but it, i would still rather watch grindhouse channel i'd rather watch the fucking shout factory channel which has goddamn commercials on it because i don't pay <laughs> for it not to have commercials uh i'd rather watch that than get on netflix and see the same motherfucking movies over here. again i'm talking shit on netflix i still have a 400 movie Q. Instant Q, so, yeah. I, so I can't judge go. too hard, but but I think the the variety of services is great. But let's not pretend like we solved the issue. Yeah, and then finally sure. with October, I do want to say like I'm just excited um, to really make an effort this year to try to go to more horror things. Like yes, uh, middle of October, I'm going to Brooklyn Horror Film Fest. That'll be fun. I'm they mentioned
0: sh- us on 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 a tweet or a Facebook post, and they, they did. Yeah, they did because of uh, the write up that you did on.
1: I didn't do it. Someone no, else did No.
0: Uh, was it Nick Spachik?
1: Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Sp- yeah. Uh, I think Spacek. Spacek. Spacek.
0: Right. Nick. We'll just call him Nick.
1: <laughs> man, I feel bad because Nick is like the most reliable,
0: by the He's way. He's the man. All right. I guess we should just end this episode. Right. Okay. So uh,
1: other than that- This everything... has just been a check-in episode, guys. Yeah. We're I'm, checking You in. know
0: what, though? I miss you, Lee. I'm so happy that we get a chance
1: to sit yeah. down and talk. We promise before the month is over- that we're going to do at least one horror-related episode. Right. Something of us, no disrespect to Justin, but something of
0: us, the OGs, doing mm-hmm. some horror. Doing some horror. and then Maybe we're... Justin can come on with us.
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe we'll just do that. That'll yeah. be easier.
0: And then we can use them both for horror business and cinebooks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to come over to my house and watch some Phantasm Fucking movies? right I do. You know <laughs> I do.
0: Uh,
1: and then we're also going to try to have some guests coming up. Um, we're, we're improving... We're hoping to improve our booking system, our, our boy, scheduling system. Our boy Carp is willing to take that on. But in order for him to do that, I have to do some work and I haven't done that yet. Right. So.
0: <laughs> but, you know, but, we'll be having some interesting guests soon. Yeah, that's the plan. So um, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. So uh, so
1: as always, please subscribe, rate, rate review, review, download, download, download. And, uh, you know, really tell your friends, really get the word out um, and, you know, buy a T-shirt or something.
0: That Yeah, be cool. man, we're really happy to do this and we're happy to do this for you. So, um, you know, thank you for listening. Also, yeah, I
1: guess that's the most important thing. That's thank what you for it is. Because
0: without that, we'd really have no idea what we're doing with this. We'd just be talking no, to the we ether. we just
1: talking to the ether. It's yeah. crazy. And
0: who wants that? <laughs> but um, we, yeah, al- we, al-
1: we also want to hawk your product for money.
0: We do. We definitely want to sell stuff for we are, you. We're definitely your, your prostitutes. So, holler at your boys. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Episode 56. Yep. Done and done. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. What's up, OB? I love yep. you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. So that's it. Do your thing.
1: What thing? You always end it. I don't know what you're
0: talking about. I fucking hate (laughs) (laughs) you.
1: Smoke bomb.